0: I'm Ben Solak, and I host the Ringer NFL Draft Show with Danny Kelly, Danny Heifetz, and Craig Horbeck. Join us twice a week as we talk everything NFL Draft and break down all the players who will make your team better. Except the Rams, because they don't really have any picks. Check us out on the Ringer NFL Draft Show on
1: Spotify.
2: 18 plus in D.C. and president select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube.
0: Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com.
1: Chicago Everywhere, check it. Check it, check it What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Golf presented by the Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. yeah. Gentlemen, what up, what up? What's up?
2: Ah, uh, you know. Same old, same old. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, it not shit. the here Super we go. Bowl. No, it's not. Uh, what are you here about? we go. Same we old, go. same old. New <laughs> days around true. here. All right. Episode 211? Am I I wrong? Episode 211 of the Fogo Podcast. Yes, sir. Oh, Jesse hit us with a mundo. This is going to be a lively one today. I feel it. I feel it. You know what that is? You sent the vibes text earlier, man. Come on. Hey, man, come on, brother. That's all we got is the vibes. That's all we have in life are the vibes. If we're not supplying the vibes, then we need to supply the vibes, right? You have to completely be in vibe control, right? Like, who's the cheapest? Vibe off officer of this, uh, the spot. Who's the CVO of the spot? I'd have to say it'd probably be Jesse. You know, Tony's, Tony's always trying to rain on everyone's bulls parade, and he's <laughs> going to do for the next, I don't know, 20 <laughs> minutes or so of this first segment of the joint. Uh, welcome on in. You know, the, the voices that you have already heard are that of uh, the active Jesse Lopez, my main man, Tony Gill. I'm Jason Goffman. This is the Full Go podcast. Uh hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. All right. Since the last time we talked, those Thursday pods, man, they're like, a, they just drop you off a cliff and just say, hey, for the next two days, go do whatever you're going to go do because Sunday night, we got a barn burner for you. And I hope that's the truth for me because these last couple of games for Bulls fans have been an interesting, um, as sports always is for me. It's, a, it's an interesting, you know, part of, like, human study. Forget just sports, right? Like, how people react and what they want to believe in and what you root for and when you're crushed and how you can come back from being crushed and what, how you should compartmentalize sports, right? Like, Tony Gill, how old are you, my brother?
1: I am 30 years of
2: age. T- Tony Gill is 30. Okay, so that means Tony is what, twelve years younger than me. There's there's a whole bunch of sports heartache that Tony hasn't gone through that apparently he's not even gonna put up with, right? Like he's he he is here putting his foot down on all the teams that he can't trust. He is calling out all of the uh the 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 behind the scenes scandals and making uh inferences towards them as this podcast keeps going. What I what I enjoy the most about this latest Bulls iteration, because it's been like it's been like, what, four or five different seasons in one. Like, this year has been kind of weird, kind of wild. And the reason why Jesse Lopez is so happy and why he smiles, he's a, he's a happy man, but hes uh, he's got a new team to root for out there in L.A. They're, they're, they're filling themselves, even though mm-hmm. Ron James went down uh, against the Dallas Mavericks. We're, we're not way. talking about that right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he looked over. We're just over. enjoying the comeback. He made sure everybody in the world could see that he was mouthing, I heard a pop. Because the next 20 games, when he goes off for 45, 12, and 14, it will then add to the legacy even that much more. And then people will be like, Michael wouldn't have said anything about hearing a pop. He would have just played without a right leg, you know? So, shout out to the fun that that my man Jesse Lopez is getting ready to have with the Los Angeles Lakers. But, well, (laughs) the Mavs-Lakers game, though. If, if you want to see a clinic and a coach being done with motherfuckers, and listen, the Kyrie Irving trade did not do much for Jason Kidd in terms of his short temper with this squad. If you've been kind of tracking the Jason Kidd uh, Dallas Mavericks coaching experience, you've been waiting for this moment. They blew a 27-point lead against the Los Angeles Lakers, and the man did not call a timeout. <laughs> Like Phil Jackson used to get pat on the back by the back in the day with oh he just he just lets him play through it. Man, Phil was out there looking at Mike like, hey, uh you gonna do something about this? Or like what are we doing here? Press the greatest button and uh, press the greatest player in the world button at any time. Here my man. Like there's a 10-0 run going on. And I know twenty years from now people will act like that never happened to you in your career. But at some point, you're gonna have to turn this thing around. And that's why Phil always trusted his team. <laughs> Jason Kidd saw a 27-point lead evaporating. And he was like, nope, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let y'all work through this. I'm going to let you... And then went to the post-game podium and said, <laughs> we got our ass kicked by Jared Vanderbilt. <laughs> Jared Vanderbilt. That's who we said kicked in. AD. Had what? 30. LeBron had 26. Jared Vanderbilt out of here is being the new age Trevor Ariza. And, and oh man, people, people here are going to oh, love. They you love already him know. already, but you already know. Be, oh, I can't, I can't X, wait. X Factor it. vibes. Any, mm-hmm. any six foot nine black man wearing a Laker jersey that can't shoot but does all the other things, if there is any sniffing of a postseason run, we are going to talk X Factor with him for I don't know how long. Right, just, let's just hope you don't end up at the bunny ranch, you know, fifteen years down the line. You know what I mean? The, the, the whole X factor, <laughs> the old X factor thing in Laker purple and gold isn't always a good, uh, <laughs> always a good title to have upon you, you know. But I digress. This is for the Bulls fans out there. Hey, this is for the lover in you. See, you know, spring is almost here. When when the brothers start cranking out baby face, right? Um, Bulls fans this is your man. I I've, I've been taking care of you I think for the majority of my career here in this city hanging out with y'all, you know, kicking the willy bobos, talking about these bulls. <sighs> hey y'all. <laughs> hey y'all. We 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 if you <laughs> saw any of the runs in the 90s, right? If you saw that Kirk Heinrich, Ben Gordon, Luol Deng, Andres Nocioni team, right? If you saw the Derrick Rose squad, and then the Derrick Rose and Jimmy Butler squad, right? The Jimmy Butler and Powell Gasol squads. We've seen playoff contenders in this city, right? We've seen championship contenders. Hell, we've seen championship winners. I will tell you all this right now. Enjoy all this as much as you possibly can. Enjoy the hell out of it. The Patrick Beverly, the the, the cult following that Patrick Beverly is now, it's, it's like Alex Caruso has got, you know, a certain part of the city locked down, right? Now Pat Beverly comes in and locks down another part of the city. Shout out to the West Side, by the way. The West Side has been flooding the United Center over the last three days like none that I've seen before. You got G. Herbo courtside at the games, right? All like, the Lords. There's a whole... Oh, you already know you big VL <laughs> energy. Like it is, it is, it is a Lord party going on at the UC, and I'm all right with it. You know, I'm all right. You know, there's, there's certain certain things that I grew up adjacent to that are, that I'm cool with. You know, if it's gonna be anybody, I'm I'm good with it being them. But man, this Pat Beverly thing, like I knew it was gonna happen, right? But I just didn't think it was gonna take hold like this. Like for him to drop in and then win a game by 44 points. And then the next game, they play against the Washington Wizards team and dub them. All it tells me is this. As a kid, if I could tell y'all a story here. As a kid, eighth grade year, Martin Luther King Laboratory Junior High School, right? Evanston, Illinois is the scene. Miss Proctor was her name. Miss Proctor was the hardest um, teacher slash the best teacher that I've ever had in my life. Miss Proctor was the first person to ever give me talk coupons because I talk too much in class. So she would give me three talk coupons a day and say, you can't answer every question, Jay. You can't question every question. You can't be talking while people are reading. Because, you know, you're sitting there waiting for the dude or the girl who can't read all that good out loud. And you're like, man, y'all holding us up. You know what I mean? Like, what, do, what are we doing? Why are we going through this exercise when y'all know Melanie can't read a lick? You know what I mean? Like, what are we doing here? Like, it's okay. She gonna find her way in life,
1: you know? Like shame was gonna help them read better, right? Like, exactly. No, you you knew you could, they couldn't read
2: when you called on them, right? Hey, hey, let's uh let's burst this anxiety in this young lady a little bit more by having twenty nine people who are prepubescent, right, and and hormones are raging here still and out here, you know, flaming everybody up, teachers, um, special needs kids, like everybody, right? Why do you think in this moment that this young lady who is having trouble grasping what the 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 letters are pronounced like or even form a word in the in a sentence she's having trouble reading it you know that's what she would do to me. She would give me talk coupons. She would, you know, she would tell my mom all the time, but I was a great test taker, and I was a bad homework doer, okay? So I passed everything, but I just didn't want to do homework. I felt like people who send you home with homework are trying to take away from the family union, and homework is for communists in my mind. Like, do your job from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., the time that is allotted. If you can't do your gig in that time, and then you send me home because you didn't do your Gig with your work, I don't know how that applies to me. And I don't know how it's gonna make me a better person. I tried to get that off with Miss Proctor. It really didn't work. So you know what she did? You know what she did, Tony Gill and Jesse Lopez? The day before eighth grade graduation, Miss Proctor gave me all of the homework that I didn't do the entire year, eighth grade, and said, you will not graduate <laughs> until you do this homework. And do you know that I walked my silly ass home that night and did at least a good four and a half hours worth of homework? Like, straight. Just just knocking it out. Stuff from early in the year, units that I didn't pay attention to, all these things. And all Ms. Proctor wanted to do was show me my baseline. That's all she wanted to do and scared the shit out of me. What she did. What she did. Shout out to Ms. Proctor. I haven't, uh... I haven't checked in, in in a long time, so hopefully Ms. Proctor is still with us. But I will never, ever forget her for that because she put me through it. Guess what, y'all? <laughs> Patrick Beverly is the Chicago Bulls Ms. Proctor. The, the Bulls this entire season have lived up to the tests. They've run up against teams who are very good to, to excellent and given them good battles and even beaten them. But that homework, ooh-wee. The Bulls don't like that homework. And that homework is taking your cool off in moments that you got to take your cool off. That homework is attention to detail, understanding the scouting report, understanding maybe that Joe Harris shouldn't get 18 points in the third quarter of a basketball game when you know who Joe Harris is, right? Like, these are the things. And all Patrick Beverly, I think, did, along with the first date face that we all have out there, right? Like, you know, the, the, the person that you really, really fell for, But you didn't know what was going on, so immediately you got to put on that first date face. You know, you're making sure every word is properly enunciated. You're making sure that you're using proper grammar and all the text. You're making sure that you are showing them this is what I can be. Now, of course, that's going to fall off at some point. You're going to be scratching yourself and farting in public and telling all kinds of weird ass jokes. But that's after, you you know, lay lay the game down and everything's cool. I think this is exactly what has happened over the last couple of games for the Chicago Bulls, man. Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan see a trusted and respected veteran dropping into a locker room. And they also know that his niche, and we talked about this on the last pod his niche has been the I can say anything guy because that's my role. You know, there's not a lot of guys like think about the guys around the league who. Defend, and I won't say, you know, Patrick Beverly is nowhere near the defender that he used to be, right? He's, what, 33, 34 years of age now? Like, he's slowed down a lot. But the histrionics, the getting in your head, and also the getting in your team's head as well are the things that he brings. And if a team needed somebody to get in their heads, <laughs> it was this one. The fact that Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan and all these guys who are tenured in the league and have been here for the last couple of years welcomed Patrick Beverly, not only with the energy, but named it, named it, and said he is the dude that is going to make sure that things go the way they're supposed to around here because he's going to make it uncomfortable when when they don't. These first two games against the Wizards and the Nets have been cool. They've done what they were supposed to do. And let's face it, this team has not done what they're supposed to do all year long. So to me, to just say, oh, it's the Nets, it's just the Wizards, I think that's lazy. These are the same teams that beat the Bulls. The same damn teams that beat the Bulls. In recent memory, too. So Patrick Beverly has provided a, um, you know, it's, it's more than not taking your cool off. I've I, I mentioned it before about Paul Pierce and Ray Allen in the Boston Celtics time when that that triumvirate was together winning winning a championship and making deep playoff runs when Kevin Garnett shows up you can't just throw the my bads out on defense as much as you probably did in Seattle or Boston you know Paul Pierce and Ray Allen were never known as great defenders Paul uh, Ray was a decent defender Paul not so much but they raised their level of defensive play. They raised their level of attention to detail on the defensive end because that dude behind them made them raise their level of play. The respect, whatever you want to call it, the communication, that's the other thing too. The Bulls have been one of the quietest teams in the NBA for the last few years on defense. These last two games, if you've been listening, and, and you could turn the sound up, if you've been listening, this team has been barking. This team has been talking. Zach Levine is talking more than I have heard him. And and maybe it's the Patrick Beverly effect. Maybe it's the fact that you come off the all-star break with six games that have all been L's. But whatever the case is, you can go one of two ways with this thing as a Bulls fan. You can say, God damn it, why didn't they do this earlier? I'm still mad at y'all. I'm not. I'm not rocking. I'm not riding. And I don't have to believe. And I would not begrudge you. Because let's face it, what are you really being asked to believe in right now? I mean, the play-in tournament is not something that we should be clamoring for or talking about like it's some, you know, some great shakes. Now, it's, it's the next best thing for you right now, right? Like, not making the playoffs is the worst thing. <laughs> the next best thing is now the play-in tournament because they ain't getting up to number six to go catch the, the New York Knicks. And if they do, then damn it, I'm going to really be hot because they have been saving, apparently, their best basketball for the last 20 games of the season, which we'll see. Because Patrick Beverly also, he's been brought in for the bad moments. And there's going to be some adversity over these next 21 games or so. We're going to see it. It's the Bulls, right? There's going to be some lapses on the defensive end, even though since the new year, this is the second best defense in the NBA. It's the second best defense and sixth in net rating. So all the things that we talked about in the first half of the season and trying to figure out how they can stop blowing leads and, you know, if, if they were... Um, tough enough. Like, for whatever reason, the turn of the calendar, their offense has been, you know, it's been undesirable, right? Like, if they haven't been a, a, as top-tier in offense as you think they should be. We've got three guys who can get you 20 points a game easily in DeRozan, Vucevic, and Levine. But at the same time, Without Lonzo Ball, because we always have to throw that in there, but without Lonzo Ball with a couple of young players who are in the rotation, or a few young players who are in their top nine, at least, they're one of the better defenses in the NBA right now. So adding Patrick Beverly, it helps you defensively. It helps you in terms of keeping yourself responsible, holding yourself responsible, and also keeping you in that fight-to-the-end kind of mentality because that's something that this team has been sorely lacking sorely lacking. And it's an indictment on everybody that was in this locker room and everybody who put this thing together before Patrick Beverly got here. But that's why you bring in a dude like Patrick Beverly, right? To to figure out, okay, what's the what's the real deal? What's the truth about this locker room? And I'll say this, Ayo Sumu getting put on the bench immediately, immediately. If I'm Ayo Sumu, like enough of the, you know, I'm a, I'm a young dude and I'm just here to help. I'm, I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off. What does Patrick Beverly do that I can't do is what I would be asking myself, right? Not anybody else. <laughs> because for whatever reason, you didn't play well enough before he got here to make sure that his ass was on the bench. So this is the good competition that, that this team needs. And if, if you've really been looking at what we've been talking about all year long, it's compete level. Like not going through Vooch. That's compete level. <laughs> that, that That's giving up on the formula just because this is the way that you think you can help the team, right? Not shooting the basketball. I mean, Patrick Williams has 17 uh, against, the, uh, against the Brooklyn Nets, comes back in the second half against the Washington Wizards, and he's the missing man, right? Like, the, the truth is getting ready to come out of this team. If you already didn't know it, like somebody making sure that you are revving in high RPMs at all times, is a different vibe. And you don't want, he's the guy that, that runs through the walkthrough. And you, the last thing you want is to be on a sub-500 team battling for the playing tournament, and the dude who just comes in here is busting your ass. And it's not offensively. It's, it's with compete level. Now, this is the issue that they're going to have. It's going to be a lot of games where Patrick Beverly, his offensive deficiencies are on full display. Right, like if you're not going up against a team like the Wizards, who's still trying to figure it out, if you're not going up against a team like the Brooklyn Nets, who being held together by bubble gum, you know, a rubber band and a paper clip, right now, like when we start to see some of these teams out here, like the Phoenixes and some of these other squads, who already know to rotate off of Patrick Beverly, now you're gonna have to figure out what those rotations should be looking like, and also the margin of error that you wasn't playing with for on offense, it got even slimmer. So you better defend, and you better get out and run. That's the other thing, too. This team's starting to run a little bit. Like, not having, and we've talked about it with Io Desumu and Kobe White. Kobe White played a terrific game Sunday night against the Washington Wizards. Second half, what, they have 17 points. Like, Kobe is out here slowly but surely and very quietly, like, hey, (laughs) y'all, the Io and the Patrick Williams thing, cute. But I've affected winning as much if not more than either of these two guys over the last month and a half. Now, you say Jay, they haven't been doing a lot of winning. It's not solely on Kobe White. I think Kobe's game has gotten better. And we talked about this on the on the uh the, the post game show. You know, sometimes you got to give certain dudes some time and sometimes that contract clock doesn't allow for. Right? You take a look at what's happening with Lowry. You take a look at what's happening with Wendell Carter Jr. Like all the guys who People lament now not being with the Bulls after they figured out some some sort of success. Sometimes there's a wake up call involved. Larry Martin said when he got traded to the Cavaliers, he's like, "Oh, okay, this is this is for real," and then he found his niche in Utah. They gave him the basketball, and he was an All Star. Wendell Carter Jr. he he, he wasn't shown and proven as much as the Bulls would like. That's why they had to pull the trigger on the Vuce trade. Now, looking back on it, that Vuce trade seems mighty cumbersome with all the picks and all the other things that you had to give up. But sometimes, just sometimes, guys develop at a pace that might not be as comfortable as you would like it, but they, they find their niche. And I think Kobe White right now is finding his niche. Like, he, who would have thought of us talking about Kobe White's ball handling and his defense as much as his scoring? And he's also playing a pretty damn good lead guard, too. He's never going to be a, 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 a traditional pick and roll or set up the offense point guard. But what he's doing right now and finding Vooch and driving and kicking the way he does and playing with some of his limitations, too. Like, people act like Kobe White's not 6'5". He's got very short arms, right? So it doesn't look like he's a, a 6'5 basketball player. But, man, Kobe's doing out there what, what everyone should have expected him to do. You know, this would be what his senior year, I guess, in 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 college, if I'm not mistaken, or or even it should be really if he went four years to be his first and second year in the first year in the NBA. Like this dude is rounding into form as a reliable rotation player, and I think over these last few games you've been able to see it. But yeah, the the Patrick Beverly era is upon us, and. You know the Wizards game, the twenty point blowout that, that they pulled away at the end. You take a look at that Patrick Beverly, you know, stat line, and you're like, ah, there's the Pat Beverly influence. You know, what I mean, we gonna keep doing it until you know they get beat by eleven and Pat has like six points, you know, on on two of eight shooting or something like that, and be like, yeah, ah, yeah. damn it, it's not a good <laughs> fit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't
1: want to get this confused, like for for any and this is probably the best time to say this since they won two games uh, with Patrick Be- Beverly on the team. Um, this, this move wasn't for his on-court, you know, abilities. Low key. <laughs> <laughs> look, at, look at Tony. Low look key. at Tony, Jesse. Low look, key. At, <laughs> like, <laughs> look at Tony. Like, for real, for real. Like, Please go on, Tony. Go don't, on. So, mm-hmm. don't, don't get mad if they lose a game and Patrick Beverly has like four points. Or, or three points and didn't shoot that well from three. Like, that was going to happen. That's, that's, yeah, that is absolutely going to happen. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. It's guaranteed. But,
2: Maybe but in the next couple games
1: here. <laughs> <laughs> but they the bigger issue was this team not being able to compete on a consistent enough basis. That that's was it. the larger issue. And that's, that's what he's here to fix. Hold guys accountable. Make sure they're not stacking these four or five lost streaks uh, mm-hmm. heading into whatever they want to do in a play-in, that's what he's here for. So keep that in mind. As you watch Pat- Patrick Beverly, we all know there are going to be ups and downs offensively with Well, who him. ain't ready for that, though? Like, but I'm, like, I'm just saying, honestly, though. Is there's like, a lot of people out there, Jay, on, on d- the hey, Bulls Twitterverse. Like, yeah, oh, I, them I, ain't real <laughs> people,
2: Tone. <laughs> them ain't real people. You already know it, baby. Them, them, <laughs> them is bots. Them is dudes who don't live here and just say they like the Bulls because they grew up watching Jordan. Like, they're, they're, anybody who's watched the Bulls this year for <laughs> 60-some-odd games, 50-some-odd games, almost 60 games. Yeah, 60 games, right? Yeah, 60-plus Anybody who's watched the Bulls for 60-plus games this year knows good and damn well that Patrick Beverly ain't going to come in and save the day. What he is going to do, what he is going to do is allow Arturo Iskarnaschovas, allow Mark Eversley, and allow Billy Donovan to see the proper runway to who actually is ready to compete and also who's, who's ready to feel uncomfortable. You know, not just uncomfortable because you lose and you say a couple of words post-game and you talk about urgency and and, and depending on each other. No, 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 no. The, the actual application. Because Patrick Beverly is an application dude. I mean, let's be honest about it. Like, coming out of Marshall and had that, that you know, had that, that, that draft party in the backyard, uh, coming out of the University of Arkansas, didn't get drafted, had to go find his way overseas. I love dudes like this. Hell, I worked with a dude like this in Atlanta. Know, for for a few years, a guy named Sam Mitchell spent six, seven years overseas after he played at Mercer trying to find his way back to the league. And when he did, Sam he made sure that he impacted winning, whether it was with the Timberwolves, whether it was with the Indiana Pacers. You go back and look at some real moments, some real moments in NBA history. Sam Mitchell was on the court, right? You go back and look at the Reggie Miller uh, situation against, you know, spiking them in the garden. Sam Mitchell was on the court. You go back and look at a lot of those great Kevin Garnett highlight moments with Steph and KG in the early Timber Puffs days. Sam Mitchell was on the court as a coach. Sam Mitchell won Coach of the Year, right, in Toronto. He also got 81 put on his head by Kobe. Well, we don't talk about that. We will not talk about, you know, I've, I've, I've asked him one time about that. And that was the last time that I would ask him about that. Sam was like, well, fuck, who'd you want me to put on him? He was, he was killing everybody, right? But that is a dude who has, has taught me about the grind and talked to me about the grind of getting back to the NBA or getting to the NBA and how much you appreciate it. After not having it for so long, and that being your dream, Patrick Beverly man is living a dream. See, this is the other thing too. I don't think any of it is fake. I think that's all that dude. Now, it's got more sauce on it now because he has become a character, right? Like he is—he is, he is an NBA personality. Like Patrick Beverly is a popular player around the league, and it's not because he's putting thirty on your head. It's not because he's getting twelve assists a night. It's not even because he's on all NBA defensive teams anymore. Like, look it up. When's the last time Pat Bev made an all-defensive team? Maybe what? Maybe we're going, what, four years ago, three years ago, if I'm not mistaken? Patrick Beverly is on your squad to kind of toughen up some young dudes, to roll with veterans, to push veterans, to make veterans uncomfortable. Because what you going to do? Square up with Pat Bev? It's not happening. Right? Ain't nobody squaring up with it. Well, unless you're in Golden State. See how that's turned out this year between Dre and Jordan, but yeah, man, I'm uh <laughs> I, the same reasons why I was down for the Russell Westbrook acquisition. This is uh, it to a lesser lesser degree, obviously, because Russell is still putting up some numbers, but Pat Bev provides that same kind of energy in terms of making sure guys have that professional discomfort that is necessary, especially when you're in the hole that the Bulls are right now. So he made his first one in 2017. And then, oh, I'm sorry. He was all NBA first team defense in 2017, second team in 2014 and 2020. So we're going on three years now, right? Like uh, a few years where he hasn't been mentioned in that category, but the dude is still uh, an irritant. He's still a, a fun player to watch. And Chicago, man, Alex Caruso and Pat Beverly <laughs> in the same city is hilarious to me. <laughs> you, got, you got a cult hero that doesn't score for every side of, of the situation right now <laughs> and everything in between. And meanwhile, Zach Levine is turning back into efficient, driving, aggressive Zach, right? So they've dug themselves a hole. It's time for them to get themselves out of it. Um, Pat Beverly is Miss Proctor. Miss Proctor is Pat Beverly. We'll, we'll see if the Bulls get a chance to graduate the, <laughs> the night before. And, and shout out to her, boy, because, boy, did she send a jolt through me? I, I just knew that my life was going to be over. And I'm like, man, you can't even graduate eighth grade? What kind of idiot are you? And then I remember what kind of idiot I was and did four and a half hours worth of homework when my mom sat there and watched me too. That's the other thing too. She didn't even call up there at home. She didn't even call up there like, nah, this is some bullshit. She allowed them people to abuse her son and make him do four and a half hours worth of homework on the night before his eighth grade graduation where he was supposed to be celebrating. Well, uh, that's, I digress.
1: That's, that's, a, that's a time where, you know, you can trust the teachers. Man, yeah, that was a time where you could trust the teachers. Now you got to do a background check as a parent on no, every dude. teacher, every adult your child comes in
2: contact with. Ah, oh, don't get me started, brother. Don't get me
1: started. Well okay, You got a misdemeanor. Uh, hey, hey, hey! Don't get me started. Nice. Child endangerment in <laughs> hey. you know 1980. What's up with uh, that, man? These are these. Are-
2: these are the times where <laughs> I won't make my threats documented and verbal on this platform. So don't get me started. See, leave it up to fucking Tony to take the segment and make it feel like that. All right. What's next?
0: Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com.
1: Bulls talk with Jason Goff on the full Goal.
2: He flies in with a two-handed slam dunk.
1: Brought to you by the Ringer, a Spotify original.
2: Hey, something else happened in the Wizards-Bulls game. Uh, And with his first basket, Zach Levine moved into 10th all time on the Chicago Bulls scoring list. Now, Tony, Jesse, if you could put it in the chat who those other gentlemen are, I I feel like I can name some of those dudes. I mean, yeah, simply because I actually ran down this entire list uh, during the show. It's not like I just keep these names in my head. But you got what? You got Artis Gilmore in there. You got Luol Dang in there. You got Kirk Heinrich in there. Bob Love, of course, Mike and Scotty. Um, you know who? Who else? Uh, Jerry Sloan, right? Was was up there as well. I, I feel like I've I've named what five or six already, right? And you got Zach creeping in there at number ten. But man, the dude that he passed with his first bucket was a dude who the night before was getting the chance from the Madison Square Garden faithful to put him in the game. Yeah, Zach Ravine passed Derrick Rose to become 10th all-time on the Bulls all-time scoring list, right? And I was just thinking about just how crazy, how crazy this time has been in Bulls fans' history, right, where you, you get past a certain era. Like I just mentioned at the top of the pod, you get past all these eras of Bulls basketball. And, and, yeah, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Bob Love, Lou Deng, Jerry Sloan, Chet Walker, Artis Gilmore, Kirk Heinrich, Yeah, Reggie Theus. Reggie Theus was the name that I did not mention at nine. And then Derrick Rose was 10 before Zach Levine scored his first bucket uh, against the Wizards. But man, Tony, to this day, you know there are a few things that I feel like the basketball gods to this day, exactly. (laughs) Shout out to Deontay Wilder. Um, There are a few things that the basketball gods took away from us or didn't give us, right? And at the very top of the list for me is the fact that, in all the years that these two dudes played in separate conferences, the fact that LeBron and Kobe never met in the finals is just absolutely ridiculous to me, right? Like, you talk about a, say, a stage that was set and that should have been had by two of the greatest performers of all time playing in the same era together. Yeah. Like, Kobe versus LeBron would have beat everything. I'm sorry. And, I, and I'm, a, I'm a lover of the game but we're talking about like Will and Bill Russell type of vibes where you talk about two titans going at it for seven games that that right there would have been heaven and i don't know how far down the list you got to go whether it be chicago or nba history period but i don't know how far down the list you got to go before you get to the career of Derrick Rose and of course you know it's been documented and stated so many different times about the 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 Derrick Rose career the the the, the rise and the fall here in the city of Chicago and of course the, the off-court stuff that, that came about and all the things that, that we dealt with as a fan base and that he dealt with as a player you know, um, talking to his agent and, and, and close friend BJ Armstrong all those years and trying to figure out how to get into his head and what really made him tick and before the injuries and then after the injuries, just dealing psychologically with what your body couldn't do anymore. So the fact that in a, what, a 20, 18 hour time span, because the Bulls played an early game, you've got in one NBA city, uh, a former MVP and the youngest MVP in NBA history coming off the bench for a for a coach that coached him in that time, in Tom Thibodeau, and a guy who hasn't been playing for the New York Knickerbockers, who are a mid-level Eastern Conference team, the fact that that happens, and then the next night or the next day, I should say, because it was a day game on Sunday afternoon, that Zach Levine passes Derrick Rose for the all-time scoring list. You talk about the the what could have been's and what should have been's in NBA history and Chicago sports history, man that it's still, I think, right there at number one in terms of tragic endings. And don't get me wrong. Like, of course, you you could put deaths and all those other things in there. But what you were promised, as, at least as a Bulls fan, for however many years, and of course, Derrick Rose wasn't always going to be the athletic player, but let's say Derrick Rose has the career arc such as a Russell Westbrook, where you know the injuries are coming at some point. But it's the years that you are promised or allotted leading up to it that make it special. Man, if Derrick Rose would have had an eight, nine-year run instead of the, what, four that he had, four or five here in the city of Chicago, the things that could have happened, like, yeah, man, we talk about the quarterback position here in the city of Chicago. We talk about, you know, the Cubs breaking the quote-unquote curse and, of course, the White Sox being the stepchildren of, of the city. But man, that thing at the United Center was as vibrant a time that I've ever been around. And I've had a chance to cover fight nights in Vegas. I've had a chance to cover fight night in Madison Square Garden. I've had a chance to cover the the Cubs Indians at the time, World Series. Now, of course, the Gardens. Uh, There were very few moments that lived up to what Derrick Rose was and what what I was able to see live on a nightly basis at the UC. And I was also in the, in the building for the dragage dump in Phoenix, right? know, shout out to Brooke, you know, went out there to go hang out with the peeps, and all of a sudden found myself on press row, which is elevated <laughs> at, at that Phoenix arena, and we, we remember what happened. I mean, <laughs> Tyrus Thomas with the bad outlet, <laughs> and next thing you know, your man... Uh, <laughs> Your man went up top on Goran Dragic, and uh, that wasn't, no, that wasn't, because he had dunked on, I think, a wizard uh, not too long before or after that, and Stacey King had dubbed the dude Stewie, so that wasn't when he got Stewie, but, you know, of course, Goran Dragic, the whole, I want to go higher, I'm from Derek Rose, I'm from Chicago, like, those were moments those are moments that we got a chance to live through and to uh, have the basketball gods steal those things away. And for us to be reminded how unfair and how ridiculous sports can be, uh, you know, fast forward half a decade later, you know, a little bit more than a half a decade later. And you've got a guy coming off the bench. who's getting, you know, free Derrick Rose chance because he's stapled to the bench for the New York Knickerbockers. Meanwhile, You've got Zach Levine, who's also gone through his own knee issues in his short career, uh, passing him up as the all-time, well, as, as the 10th all-time leading scorer for the Chicago Bulls. So it was a, a crazy moment that happens you know, every so often where you get two guys who are uh, linked because of stats, because of former teams and current teams and all those things. But it was... Um, It it just made me flash back a little bit because that's, you know, kind of how I got my start in this thing too. I was going up to the Birdo when Jamal Crawford and, you know, those dudes were up there at the Birdo and, you know, Jay Williams was drafted and they put the Kirk Heinrich, Ben Gordon team together. I had a chance to cover some of those teams, but when Derrick Rose was drafted, that's when I started going to practices. That's when I started going to the UC home games, right? And, And just covering it because I knew that there was something that was getting ready to happen. that was special. And you don't get the number one pick very often. And not only that, not only does the number one pick excite you, you don't see an achiever at at those levels that early in, in a career, right? You don't see all-star starter. You don't see uh, MVP. You don't see all these things. I mean, the man literally changed the game. The Derrick Rose rule in the CBA for early achievers in NBA contracts and how that escalates your money quicker because of how well you did early on in your career that happened because of Derrick Rose. So, um, and, and also happy to know that he's at peace seemingly with his life and his career and the things that have happened in the past. Um, seeing him on Matt Hoff's podcast and some other places where he's talked and he's become a lot more open as of late. You know, he's, he's a pops, you know, a couple of times over now. He's happy uh, in New York, like, life seems to be going well for him. Life seems to be going as smoothly as possible. But, um, you know, for a Bulls fan and for a Chicago sports fan observer, you can't help but think what could have happened if Derrick Rose would have stayed healthy and being reminded of it as Zach Levine passes him on the all-time scoring list was just like one of those subtle, bittersweet moments as a Bulls fan that happened on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. What's that? Oh, I, I was sad. You were sad?
1: Yeah, when that happened. Oh, when he passed him, yeah, yeah, dog. yeah, like, right. You know, it, felt, like, it felt
2: like you felt like like,
1: oh man, <laughs> I'm like a waste.
2: It's like, <laughs> like
1: damn, it's like man, this is Zach Levine ever. This, I mean, yeah, this is Zach Levine era of Bulls basketball is yeah, super. It's been a little middy. it's been a little middy. I, he's just on my personal list. This is, this is, this is up there with the, with my guy, who's that, John Salmons. All right, all, right. You gotta, all, right. <laughs> all right,
2: you've done this shit before, and I, Yo, I, I didn't shoot it down Salman's the way I was supposed Bulls to.
1: Basketball? All
2: right, I'm fucking done with you, Tony. <laughs> I'm done with it, you. It was all. like a season and a half. <laughs> that, yes, that man was so. Here. <laughs> no, John, he was putting up points. He was putting up put numbers. numbers. He's getting like seven. Go, go look up John Salmons right now. <laughs> what, what did John do when he was here? besides, you know, make sure that black people continue to incorrectly pronounce that word that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had a bunch of motherfuckers running around. See, I told you that you're supposed to pronounce that bitch. No, <laughs> no, it's
1: Salmon, sir. <laughs> Sit down, please. My man, uh, <laughs> he went on a hot streak. Yeah, that was his coming out party. He averaged 18 points uh, from Sacramento. <laughs> to Chicago.
2: <laughs> uh, this, Brad Miller came here too, boy. It, yep. was, it was a party going on. Yep. Uh, Three seasons, yep. Three uh, seasons. Hey, shout out to John Salmon's, right? But if John, John Salmon's doing that. Then, that was a weird
1: you know, that was a weird It was year. a very weird squad, man. <laughs> that this was a very, very weird squad. Just <laughs> even like, I, I gotta look at the. I don't know if this is going to. Really Look at Derek's scores. first was, year. Look yeah. who Derek
2: was playing with his first year <laughs> when Vinny Del Negro was putting him on the bench for fourth quarters. And mm-hmm. he's still running rookie of the year. Look at who <laughs> like Derek was deferring to. Like, yeah, we gotta get Ben Gordon shots. This is fucking MVP coming up here <laughs> in two years. Can you imagine? Any number one pick dropping in. Like, do you remember what happened when Braun dropped into Cleveland and they they have that infamous tape of, like, <laughs> of, of Carlos Boozer and Darius Miles saying, you know, he and can Ricky ride Davis. along, but he ain't yeah, Ricky Davis. <laughs> you know, he ain't going to be the man. It's just too much to expect any high schooler to, you know, take over an NBA franchise. Little did you know. <laughs> <laughs> Little did you know, Derek came in this bitch talking about how like Genero Pargo was one of his idols, and I could dig it. You know, he's from the crib, right? Inglewood's finest. Like, there's only a few of those dudes running around the league. You know, Lindsey Hunter. I'll never forget when Lindsey Hunter was his OG, was his vet. Yep. He's used to talk about like, you know, Lindsey is putting me in the. I'm like, you are Derek Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsey Hunter ha- has on a suit underneath those warmups. Like, he ain't he ain't getting in the game. Lindsey Hunter used to go to the, to the downtown Yo, athletic Larry club Hughes and get buckets. Larry Hughes was on the team. Larry Hughes was on the team. On the team. <laughs> we need to get Larry Hughes on. We need to right. get, hey, 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 listen. Listen right now and listen to me good. Allison the Bounty Hunter, if you are listening to this pod, which I know you are not, right? We need to get old bulls on to talk about that <laughs> that early time, right? We need to get Larry Hughes on because Larry played with LeBron. Uh, what's, Aaron, what's
1: Aaron Gray doing these days?
2: Oh, <laughs> the White Panther, <laughs> the White Panther, the slowest feet these this side of Luca Garza. Oh my God, <laughs> that was a hell of a squad. You are gonna make me cry right now? Some he's, man he's, named
1: uh, uh some person named Anthony Roberson. Don't you ever disrespect Anthony <laughs> Roberson
2: like that? There was See, a Cedric you, Simmons well thrown in there. Said Simmons. Oh, this is. A uh, uh, Linton Johnson? L- Linton. Get <laughs> on number eight. Linton Johnson. Dog. Oh, you're going to make me cry right now. You know how many nights <laughs> I spent at the United Center away from family, away from friends, <laughs> you know, just sitting there, just listening to tape and listening to bad questions that I had asked people like Linton, Linton Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> you hear me? Huh? That's the crust Ooh. of the pie right there, baby. You can have your 2011, you know, Eastern Conference Finals <laughs> against the Miami Heat when everybody in this damn city thought that they was going to beat Prime LeBron. No, 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 no. I'm in there asking questions to the White Panther and Linton Johnson and the likes, right? Huh? That's what I'm talking about.
1: The next, uh, I think this is the last random name,
2: Demetrius Nichols. Oh, Demetrius Nichols. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, don't get it. Hey, man, don't get it. Don't get it twisted, man. All those dudes made it made it fun. All those dudes made it uh, made it interesting. But yeah, man, John, the John Salmons here. This is now two segments in a row that you were fucking torpedoed, <laughs> John Salmons. How dare you? We'll
1: be back with more of the full go with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors,
0: this episode is brought to you by State Farm. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go!
1: Hawks Talk with Jason Goff on the full goal.
0: Hawks win! A spectacular play
1: from end, to end Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original.
2: I gotta be honest with you, dog. Like. The Blackhawks have fallen so far off of my radar, and I don't care who wants me to talk about them, who wants me to acknowledge them. The way that they have comported themselves in these last couple of years has been nasty. And you are you already know, man, like Patrick Kane is a notorious figure in this city's history. <laughs> let's let's just keep it a buck, right? Like Patrick Patrick has had a time, shall we say, in this mm-hmm. city. And he's also the greatest player that the Blackhawks franchise has ever had. Bar none. And that is including Bobby Hull. Um Patrick Kane is one of the greatest American-born players in the NHL's history. I remember when he was drafted, when Jonathan Taves was drafted, my man Jay Zawoski, who is you know, one of the go-to brains in this city for, for Hawks hockey, um, he had never done a show before. They put him in Connie's Pizza, the night of the draft. (laughs) And I'm, you know, buy to pull up on him. (laughs) Pull up on him. And I could tell he was a little uh, nervous, right? And I just sat there and talked to him about what he knew and it kind of calmed his nerves down. He was like, oh, yeah, thanks for coming on. I'm like, hey, man, you know this. And you're about to get some attention because the team that you root for and have rooted for your entire life have now acquired in the draft a showstopper. Like, Jonathan Taves was, like, the Marc Messier. You know what I mean? Like, winning face-offs, terrific defensively, always in the right place, could score a little bit for you, great playmaker, but just a captain and a leader. Patrick Kane, man, was magic on skates. Just absolutely terrific hands, a great shot, a terrific, like, an outstanding playmaker. This was just, this wasn't no Pavel Bure action where it's, like, 50 goals, eight assists. You know what I mean? Like, like this one this one that. Patrick Kane is out here making plays for everyone involved. And it was a great time. Yeah, I mean, the, that Hawks run was as fun uh, a sports time as I have had as a, a an adult, to be honest with you. Because one, learning a game in a different way because everyone is now a part of it. I used to watch Blackhawks hockey when I was a kid because they didn't have the home game. So I would listen to it on the radio and one of the worst times I've ever had as a sports fan is that Colorado Avalanche series where like my abs, my heart was ripped out of my chest. Just listening to it on the radio, listening to Pat Foley and the despair. I think it went to seven games too, in the early odds. All just, just killed me. Just absolutely killed me. And, and watching Steve Larmer and Michelle Goulet and Jeremy Roenick and, and, and Steve Smith and Chris Chelios, all them dudes, Christian, uh, Ruto and Dirk Graham and, Eddie Belfort, Jeff Hackett, and then after that, Tony Amonte era. Like, man, I was a Blackhawks fan. I was a a fan of hockey because of how um, interesting the game was and how new it was to me. And also, like, the fact that I didn't have to feel like an idiot Asking questions about the game, right? Because there were so many people who didn't know a lot about hockey, whereas baseball always had this kind of air of uh, arrogance for me, whereas like, okay, if I ask these questions and this is my own insecurity dripping out as well, by the way, like if I ask these questions, are you going to think of me as lesser because I'm uh, trying to acquire this knowledge? Hockey never presented that for me. It was always. I'm asking these questions. And by the way, these people behind me don't know what the hell going on either, right? <laughs> like, so we're all learning it. So when Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze and them boys got it together and had their run, their dynastic run and became America's hockey team, it was um, it was present and, and clear how special those two were and especially Patrick Kane. So if these are his last days as Chicago Blackhawk and the New York Rangers have to, um, clear out as much cap space as possible. You know, the trade deadline is Friday. They they could have gotten this thing done if they had handled their books a little bit differently tonight as we are taping here on Tuesday night. But we'll see Wednesday, Thursday, if it goes by. But I'd be surprised if Patrick Kane is a Blackhawk. It feels like it's a fait accompli. Um, but he's had one of the best careers of any Chicago athlete of all time. He's won championships. He's done it with flair. He's been one of the best in the league. Like, he's not some, you know, bus rider, right, as Charles Barkley would put it. He's a bus driver, him and Jonathan Taves. So um, now that the, the, the franchise is seemingly in shambles and and, and the, the the poor direction of Stan Bowman at the end of his tenure, this team is still paying for it and will pay for it for the next couple of years as they rebuild, this is what happens. And, and this, is, this is the career arc of athletes that you should want, right? Like you should want at the end for it to hurt for you to say goodbye because of all the memories that you had and and the, the ending of what seems like a generation or an era of hockey that made you feel like the payoff was finally there. Because that's all we're doing here. That's all we're doing as sports fans is watching the, our teams, hoping, just hoping, hoping that all the pain, all the despair, all the hours that you spend during good times and bad times in your life, when your family is going through it, when your relationship is down in the dumps, these games at some point, hopefully they mean something and they they, they end. You know, the culmination of all of it is with a championship, right? Like the, the people that, that aren't here anymore that you used to watch games with. Like I, I think about people that I used to watch games with that aren't here anymore. Sometimes when championships happen and the older you get, right the the more uh the more romanticism and and pageantry go along with these things, and the more you try to shape and narrate your sports experience in this glowing kind of warm vibe, but we know the jagged edges that sports fans go through, you know Blackhawks fans I mean this, this last few years where some moves cap-wise have constricted this team from actually trying to go out there and compete, and then you got to break it on down. Jonathan Taves gets, you know, gets an illness that, that nobody knew anything about, and then he didn't know anything about for the longest of time. I mean, now he's dealing with you know, long-haul COVID symptoms. Like, the way this thing ends, you don't want it to end with, with sickness, right? But if you're going to start a, a, an arc of when you follow a team because they get young players and they're feeling good because you're going through the, the, the growing pains and catching those, those L's and understanding that, okay, at some point this shit's going to pay off. When Marion Hoster showed up, when the Blackhawks acquired Marion Host, I was like, oh, okay, it's time to win. And I dubbed him the general. I nicknamed him the general because of that. It's a Hall of Fame player who had done it in Detroit, who had done it in Ottawa, who had done it in Pittsburgh. All of a sudden he drops in and now it's time to contend. Same thing, you know, with John Lester and the Cubs, right? Like, certain times your, your, your management looks at you and go, okay, it's time for us to stop bullshit. It's time to win some. So, for all the Patrick Kane fans out there, for all the Blackhawks fans out there, like, this is this is what you should want. This is what you should ask for. A terrific career for a decade, championships, you know, certain things that you you don't want out of your players as well. <laughs> no doubt about it. But, this is, um, if you can write a storybook on what you want out of a hockey franchise on the ice. <laughs> no, not off the ice with this crew at all. At all. A-T-A-L-L. <laughs> but if we're talking about on the ice, on the playing surface, on the diamond, on the field, on the hardwood, you draft players, you watch them grow, you understand when it's time, you put pieces around them, but you allow them to still be the the, the headliners. You get those championships. Then you got to pay them. <laughs> then you got to watch them get old. <laughs> then you got to watch them decline. But that's the thing. Patrick Kane, seemingly, you know, he's gotten older, but the decline hasn't been as severe. The drop-off hasn't been as severe as you would think, especially with playing all those Extra games that, that that all those long runs, all those Stanley Cup final runs. Like it's been um, it's been a great career to watch on the ice. Um, uh, a confounding and sordid career sometimes off the ice, but uh, there's no doubt about it. He has been one of the greatest Chicago athletes that has ever roamed this city, and he's a champion to to boot. So there you go, Hawks fans. I said I didn't have anything on him, and I just did a few minutes on him for you. So. Miss me with the bullshit about not talking about hockey enough on this podcast. The Full Goal with Jason Golf. That's all the time we have for episode 211. 211. 211 is a, is that a drink? Or am I tripping? Is that like a beer? I don't, I don't know. All I drink is real beer, so. Yeah, Tony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> you are. This is big. You are the star of the pod. <laughs> S.O.P. From from here on out, we're gonna get this out. You know, so I'm, I hope I never get it <laughs> because if the if the if the lid lifter on the award goes to you in this performance today, boy, God bless you. I don't even do it. You, you and your root beer, I just ladies be talking and gentlemen. Friends, this is the most sober person on the pod every <laughs> every time. <laughs> like I always, understand that. Yeah, still reserved to eleven. I thought so. Shout out to all my Alkies out there. <laughs> Not saying I'm one, or that I would drink 211. If you drink at 211, let's let's get you into a program. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us here on. <laughs> God, this is this is going into the podcast hall of fame. By the way, this one. <laughs> this is this has been a fucking butte right here. Thank you for hanging out with us here on. Episode... No, let's Rudius
1: Bill get to this one.
2: Oh what my God! I, I'm so I'm so good. <laughs> you know for damn sure that Bill and Sruti do not listen to a single submission of this pod because at some point we would have had all the meetings by now. Now all the meetings. <laughs> I've been through this before. Trust me, <laughs> where where the IRMs don't don't sample your work until longer. But I mean, we're 200 hey, so see, we two hundred episodes. We still got a couple of days in the month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I man. Oh, yeah. For the, if I get fired during Black History Month, it'd be is there's golf lows. This would be a new golf low. <laughs> like, yo, yo,
1: <laughs> yo. What if there's like a national like thing where like you, people took the numbers of how many black people got fired the day after Black History Month? See,
2: this is Tony is going for sixty <laughs> Tony is on fire. Like just just find him. Just just get him the ball. <laughs>
1: I, just just get I, I him. I wanna the ball.
2: know. I wanna know how many black people get marked for <laughs> So Tony, you think there's like a, a nationwide movement of <laughs> of bosses out there who have been waiting for Tremel to get out of the last week of February <laughs> yep. before they let his black ass go? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> HML, I I, I know it's a Wednesday and I just told you how great a job you were doing. And I know yesterday was February 28th, but it's time for you to go. We've had enough. (laughs) Happy St. Patrick's Day. We're going to you like old Donnie (laughs) (laughs) Lamone. CNN keep pushing him further and further off the TV, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> that man's just sitting at a desk at this point. He just he's just getting up early in the morning to hang out with white girls. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's, that used to be primetime news. That's all. <laughs> get, get Don Lemon used to bring you when terrorist attacks are happening. Now he and the. He, he, he. <laughs> Now, now he greeted you in the morning, talking about missing Amazon packages. <laughs> I should do that. That's a fellow that for brother. A that's that's a fellow <laughs> brother and media. Uh, I wish Don Lemon the best. He is, um, <laughs> he is a trendsetter and a trailblazer in this thing. Uh, I actually am a fan. All right, what were we doing? Oh yeah, we were closing this episode out. Episode 211 of the Full Go Podcast. Uh, if this is your last time listening to this pod, I understand. It's all good. But if it's not, we will catch you on Tuesday night. Ah, the Chicago mayoral election day. Huh? How about that? We're going we're gonna to get a chance to see who's going to screw us over next here in the city of Chicago. Boy, don't I sound like an old ass man? 20 years ago, this would have never been coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I wouldn't have be been worried about who the mayor is. But, yeah, that's what we'll catch you on Tuesday for Episode 212. Uh, we want to say thank you to our production staff, as always, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti, the active Jesse Lopez, and my main man, star of the pod, ladies and gentlemen, Anthony, Sir Anthony Gill. who, Boy. Touch them all, young man. (laughs) Touch them all. (laughs) You, uh, oh my God. This is, now I know what Sports Adjacent goes through. So for, uh, Tony Gill, Jesse Lopez, my main man, Steve Cerruti. Yeah, I switched it up just now. Steve has now become my main man. I don't know if we can attach ourselves to Anthony Gill going forward. And I will be using Anthony Gill until he returns to Tony because he he kind of lost himself today. So until Anthony finds Tony, then he will be Anthony Gill. So for Anthony Gill, my main, my new main man, Steve Cerruti, and the active Jesse Lopez, I'm Jason Goff. Thank you for downloading this thing. Thank you for subscribing to this thing, rating and reviewing it, giving it the five stars that you know it needs, or else we're going to catch you in the streets. Ah, sharing it with your family and friends or whatever you do to help this pod, we truly, truly appreciate it. Uh, Let Bill Simmons know that you like this pod too, right? Before he actually gets a gander at some of these joints and says, what the hell have we been allowed to be happening in Chicago? All right? So shout out to BS, our guy, Dollar Bill Simmons. Um, Make sure you keep that voicemail line close to you, right? 773-359-3103. maybe this week we'll uh, conjure up a voicemail line full go question so you guys can uh, jump in there unfiltered uncentered and get all that off your chest so for the fellas I'm Jason Goff thank you so much for hanging out with us we leave you with this as always we'll catch you on Tuesday but until then take care of each other and be safe Yeah. Matt Nagy <laughs> is the Chiefs offensive coordinator <laughs> Damn. now. Damn. And the so, so how long before he's the head coach? What oh dude t- next week. <laughs> <laughs> next week. Matt Matt Nagy is the offensive coordinator for six weeks. He will be hired by the Dallas Cowboys mid season. Because that's what happened. Yeah, They're like, all right, I'm we a, we can stop acting. We can stop acting like Eric Bieniemy was a bad, you know, interview and all those things. Let's just go get another offensive coordinator who's been around a great quarterback <laughs> that isn't black. <laughs> that that that's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, I, and shout out to Matt Nagy by the way. I don't want Matt this to sound Nagy. like yeah. hat. What what weird feeling that he's a bad coach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you know, he's a nice enough
1: guy. Like you know, I, I was covering those home games for for a couple seasons. And you know, watching them and listening to them in post games and stuff like that. Like I was right there. Uh, but I just, what do you, what are you kidding at here, Tone? I don't know if I want anything good to happen to him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow, this has been an enlightening <laughs> fucking episode, boy. Oh, man. You don't want anything good to happen for that nigga.
1: I mean, he Jesus was... Jesus Christ. Like, look at Bell Tony. Looking back on his career in, in Chicago, I'm like, this man might have been an idiot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> go, so, like, so, like- <laughs> so, 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 what you're saying, what you're saying, Tony, if I, if I can get the logic straight, is that all idiots you wish bad things upon is what
1: you're saying. Yeah, I mean, he's just been very fortunate to be connected with. Really smart and really talented and successful. Yeah, Patrick people. Patrick
2: Mahomes. No, fuck all of that. Yeah. He's, been, he's been successful, <laughs> and it's he, like be, he's been fortunate to be com- connected to Patrick Mahomes, as as has Andy Reid, <laughs> as yeah. has Doug Peterson, but, as has mm-hmm. who uh, you know, uh, unfortunately not Eric Bieniemy, right. uh, but uh, as has anybody who will be around a force multiplying generational talent. That that's what you could chalk it up to. He's yeah, been around it's, it's, Patrick Mahomes.
1: And I, I think maybe it's, it's something mixed in with the, with the enemy stuff too that, you know, it's oh, like, I, he,
2: I understand he, why. He,
1: he's benefiting a lot from, uh, from black action. Whiteness. Oh, my bad. I said the wrong thing. (laughs) But, but, I mean, mean, same thing, by the way.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Benefiting from black excellence equals whiteness. You know what I mean? Same thing. Shout out to y'all. Don't worry. Pod's going to get a lot more comfortable for y'all. There's only four more days left in the month.